sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings this morning in Jesus' name. God bless you all for being here this morning. Good to uh, see some of you youth here. May uh, God have his way this, this uh, coming week. We're excited for you and for what God wants to do in all of our lives. Oh, it's good to be here. It's good to be in the house of God. God is on the throne. He uh, is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He changes not. And uh, I appreciated the uh, children's lesson. And thank you, David, for that opening this morning on having hearts that are open to receive God's word. And uh, I trust you young people that are here this morning and want to sit under a whole week of, of teaching, be in Bible school, that you have hearts that are open and God wants, to, God wants to do beautiful things in our lives, to do beautiful things in your lives. <clears throat> so I, uh, I am here to, uh, how should I say, to share God's word and, and my heart this morning is, is to encourage you as you go into a whole week of Bible school and all of us together. Um, yeah, we have, we have things that we can do and need to do so that this week of Bible school will have an effect and make a difference in our lives. And so... Uh, I, uh, as I thought about sharing here this morning, it's been probably, I'm not sure, two, probably two, three weeks ago where one morning in my personal devotions, I just had this inspiration of uh, sharing uh, what I want to share here this morning, at least in the beginning. And uh, I trust it can be a blessing and encouragement to you. Uh, as it was to me. <clears throat> but I think before we go any further, I'd just like to uh, take a little time to pray here. Can we do that? Let's pray and ask the Lord for His continual blessing. <clears throat> Father, we come to You in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank You that You are alive. We thank You, God, that You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord. You're the God who created the heavens and the earth and the sky and the sea and everything therein. You said, let there be light, and there was light. Oh, Father, thank you for that reminder again this morning, Lord. You are almighty. You are God. You're on the throne, Lord. And I pray, oh, Father God, as we think about that, 
as we think of your greatness, as we think of who you are, oh God, I pray, Lord, that it would have an effect upon our hearts, God, and that we would come with hearts that are open, that we would come to you, Lord, allowing you to, 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 to work in our hearts and our lives, God, that we all have hearts that are surrendered, that are yielded to you, O oh God. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you, even here in, uh, what is it, 2023, God, that you're still the same today, yesterday, and forever. You have not changed. You are on the throne, God, and you still want to work miracles, Lord, that we heard this morning, God. Oh, Father, I pray, Lord, work miracles in our hearts and our lives this coming week, God. Change us, Lord, from glory to glory. Oh, Father, we pray. We thank you, God, for what you want to do. And I pray, oh, Lord, help us, God, again, that we would have hearts that are open, Lord, and allow you to, to work and do what you need to do. Oh, God, I pray. I pray for that, that for myself, and I pray that for all of us here this morning, Lord, and especially the young people, God. Oh, Lord, have your way. And Father, I pray now as we look into your word some more here this morning, I pray that you would bless your word. I pray, God, that you would encourage our hearts, Lord, O oh, Father God, and that you would, yes, have your way here this morning. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's go to uh, uh, St. John chapter 7. And I want to read a couple verses here this morning. <clears throat> here, starting at uh, John seven, verse thirty seven and thirty eight. In that last day, that day, that great day of the feast, Jesus cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Praise the Lord. Are those rivers flowing in your life, in my life this morning? They can be. They can be. And uh, like I said, I was blessed and encouraged with these couple verses here. If any man thirst, if any man thirst, are you thirsty here this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. I just took a drink of water because I'm thirsty. I'm a little dry in my, in my uh, voice. <clears throat> Jesus said, if any man thirst, I trust that we're all here and that there is a thirst in our hearts for more of God. If not... Can I say, why are we here? <laughs> I trust that we're here with a hunger. I trust that we're here with a desire 
to see, uh, how should I say, to want more of God in our lives. Jesus cried, saying, if any man thirst, are we thirsty this morning? Jesus also would have said in the Sermon on the Mount, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. There's a promise there for those that are hungry and thirsty. So, I want to encourage you to be hungry and thirsty as you go into this week of Bible school. If any man thirsts, then then Jesus says, let him do what? Come unto me and drink. Come unto me, Jesus says, come unto me and drink. Well, you know, the sad part of it is, is too many times we find ourselves drinking from the wrong fountain, if, I, if you will. Drinking from the wrong thing, drinking from the wrong uh, cup. And that will not satisfy But if we come to Jesus thirsty, and if we drink of Him, we will not not go away disappointed. He says here, let Him come unto me. I like that. Invitation. Jesus says, come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. <clears throat> and I didn't want to belabor this a lot, but uh, I might just mention a little bit here. Just this whole aspect of, you know, there's too much things out there that we can fill ourselves up with. And when then and when it comes, we come to Bible school. I trust that that's not how you're coming. But we can come to Bible school, we can come to church, and we're not really thirsty for God because we're too full of other things. And so what, what, what do we need to do about that? There's things that we can do about that. This past week, we had a time of seeking the Lord two days, and, and some fasted, and, and I was one of those. And you know, you're, 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 you get hungry. You get weak. And me being more weak in body these days, it, I, I think I even felt it more. Just the weakness. <clears throat> well, Jesus says, if we come to Him, He will give us. He will satisfy. He will, he will uh, fill us. And so may we choose to come to Him and, uh, and not fill ourselves up with other things. Like David said in the beginning here in the opening, you know, there is things we need to do. We need to work in all those things. We have businesses and we have uh, uh, things to do. But let's make sure that those things do not take the place of God, of Christ, of His Word, of His kingdom, of His ways. 
but rather that we uh, find our true fulfillment in Him, doing His work, doing His will, walking with Him, not just knowing about Him, but truly knowing who He is, walking with Him in a very real way in in this real sinful, wicked world that we live in. Young people, you have a challenge in front of you. You're going. Uh, I don't. Uh, to me, things are getting worse, and I don't want to. I don't want to say this to discourage you, but I want to say this to to encourage you to to get all that you can out of this week's Bible school. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Put your heart into it, and yes, fast from those things that. That you easily can, or maybe not easy. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're almost addicted to things that just just put them away this week by the grace of God, and press into the kingdom, and ask God to to work a work in your heart in your life, so that when the evil days come, that you are able to stand. Because you made a choice back there, 2023 at Bible school, that you're going to give it all that you have. You're going to deny yourself. You're going to take up the cross and you're going to follow Jesus. And what does that mean in 2023? What does that mean? It's more than just having a fluffy, uh, a so-called relationship with God or with Jesus. There is a reality Brothers and sisters that we need, all of us. And some of the things I'm sharing this morning is not that I have attained, it's a burden on my own heart. Jesus invites us to come and drink. He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to title the message, but uh, pretty much, He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said. He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said. He that believeth on me. Many want to believe, but they, they want to somehow find a way other than what the Scripture has said. And that, therefore, there is a lack. Therefore, there is, a, there is no rivers of living waters flowing out of, the, of, of their belly, if you will. And neither will it for us. He that believeth on me as the Scripture hath said. Remember that. So I guess that will be the title. He that believeth on me as the Scripture hath said. The result of that is out of out of his or your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. There is a lack of this. Let us believe God this week that that river start that 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 river will start flowing again. <clears throat> Students, you have an opportunity to drink all week. Drink, drink. <clears throat> you know when when. Uh, we have one of the teachers here. Uh, when they're uh, different ones, uh, we have Dale uh, Gish and Clint Wolf and uh, Brandon that's here this morning. 
when they're teaching. And even, you know, what happens here can happen here this morning. You know, when the teaching is going on, our mind can be out somewhere else. And we need to draw our mind in. Because we are hungry. We are thirsty. God, I want to get everything I can. So that I can be a victorious Christian. Because God is worthy. God is worthy. He that believeth on he that believeth on him as the scripture has said, and you will have a river of life flowing out of you. Joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Temperance, the fruit of the Spirit. We heard of that already this morning. <clears throat> Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we want? Where the true fruit of the Spirit of God is flowing out of us? It will not come. <clears throat> I left my, my gadget in the, or my phone in the car this morning. <clears throat> it will not come by being on our phone. <clears throat> and sometimes... And I think we have a rule, hopefully we do. I think we do. Delvin, help me out. Uh, do we have a rule for Bible school that no gadgets? <laughs> and there's a reason. It's not to be hard and not to be rude, not to be crude, not to be uh, whatever. But it's simply, we're in the presence of God. God wants to do something in my life, in your life. Let's put away these things that will, that will hinder. And let's hear what the Spirit of God what is saying and what's the Spirit of God wants to do in our heart and our lives. Praise God. You know, we can harp on those things and, and, and I think we need, to, we need to talk about those things. We need to look at those things. You know, some of these things, the, our phones and our, uh, the whole, that whole technology aspect it's a monster. And we need to be disciplined. We need to know how to, to, uh, to, uh, to walk with God. And to keep those things in their place. Just like we need to do everything else. David, like work. We need to keep that thing in its proper place. Yes, we need to work. We need to eat. But we don't become gluttons. We need to do diff- these different things, but they need to be in their proper place. <clears throat> if we wouldn't eat, we would die. You can fast for a, a, long, a while, I guess, 30, 40 days, but eventually you'll die if you don't eat. So we do need to eat. But we don't eat to, uh, just to, because that's what we're here for. <clears throat> we eat so that we have a physical body to, that, that, that we can walk and work and, 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 and live for Jesus. Let us believe on him as the scripture has said. God wants to do great things, but we need to do we need to believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, where the gospel was preached to the children of Israel, but it did not profit them because they did not believe. And so we can sit under a whole uh, week of teaching. We can sit here this morning and we can hear the gospel. We can hear the word of God. But because there's a lack of faith, we don't really believe it. 
We don't believe that that water will come out, Randall. We don't believe it. So therefore, it won't have any effect on us. For the children of Israel, for many of them, did not profit them, because there was no faith. So we need faith. We need faith. We need to believe that what God says is true. And that it can be true for your life. My life. Are you here this morning and you're struggling? Maybe you have a besetting sin. You can be an overcomer. By the grace of God. But it takes faith. It takes faith. It takes more than just willpower. Even though there's our, the, our will needs to be in this whole thing. But it takes more than willpower. It takes faith in a living God that gives us power as we insert our will into that whole thing and all of a sudden out of that comes victory. Praise God. Let us be encouraged to go for higher ground. Let us be like Joshua and Caleb. Lord, give me this mountain. Lord, give me this mountain. Is there something that you are up against? Is there something that you're facing? And you're looking at it and you're seeing it. It it, it makes you cringe. It makes you want to shrink back in the flesh. It does. But you read the Bible and you read that there's promises in there and God says that this thing can go. And you, in your weak faith, in your little faith, you step out and say, God, I'm going to trust You. I'm going to believe You. And out of that comes victory. Faith in a living God. You know, why is God not real to some people? Because they don't believe believe Him. Why is God real to others? It's because they believe. They have faith that God can do what He said. He would do. And I don't know. I hear messages and where preachers use, uh, use stories to make points. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I'll just say, maybe I'll just say this. I wasn't sure that I was wanting to. But I would say uh, to prepare for this message was probably one of the harder messages for me to prepare. I don't know why. It just was. And maybe it simply is. Because the enemy knows if he can get some young people, or how should I say, discouraged and, and just give it up. You know, it's not worth it. He will do whatever he can to silence the preachers. And so I had some battles this past week. I did. Even sitting here this morning, you know, it's like, Randall, thank you for that children's lesson. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. But we have these feelings, and we have this, you know, we're real. We live in this flesh of ours. And we face these things, and they're real. And so, what do we do? We can either 
shrink back and say, ah, it's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. Or we can say, Lord, I choose to believe you. What you have promised, you will do. Could I have a tissue? Tissue box or tissue? What you have promised, you will do. And maybe just to give you another story, if you will. I didn't necessarily give you a story there. Maybe just a little bit of account. Or a little bit of what happened this past week in my own personal life. Even this morning. But... When we moved to Iowa, and Randall, some of you have heard this already, like some of the, that lesson, I, I did see that before already, but uh, it was still good to hear it. <laughs> but when we moved to Iowa, I heard this uh, testimony, or read this book, I think, from, was it uh, Hudson Taylor? Hudson Taylor, I think, one of those missionaries that... Uh, went to China and he chose to believe God for his finances and he did it because he wanted to learn to trust God in in the area of finances while he was still here, if you will, in the States. And God tested him different times. And so when we moved out, I kind of made that same commitment to the Lord. Lord, if I ever find myself in a tight spot, I'm going to choose to trust you. I made that commitment to the Lord. And God took me up on it. And do you, do you guess what happened? Well, one time, we did come to the bottom of the barrel. And there was no money. And so it's like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to go call Brother Elvin and say, Elvin, I need, I need, you know, I, I, I need some help. <laughs> or, or am I going to keep my commitment? Am I going to shrink back and say, Ah, this faith thing, this, this is too big. Yeah. Hudson Taylor, he could do it, but... Ah. Well, we did. We did choose to believe God. But like I said, he took us down to the bottom of the barrel, if you will. And it happened, I could say, maybe three or four times as I go back and think past, back my the history there. <clears throat> but one time... <clears throat> Where, where we were at the bottom of the barrel, and I was just, I was out, I went out to the office realizing today we need some money. There was bills due, today we need some money. And I just told Susan, I said, I'm going to go out in the office and I'm going to pray, and I probably use some of you heard this already. I'm going to go out and pray, and as I was out there praying, just calling on the Lord, trust, choosing to trust Him through this trial, there was a knock on the door, and Susan had gone to the mailbox, and here there was a check in the mail. Was that God? So, young people, let us choose to believe God. Let us trust Him. He is always faithful. He is always faithful. I look back at that, and I think, well, was I being carnal just asking God for money and, and that type of thing. But as I look back, I am so thankful for those that I did that, even though I, yeah, I, I, that I did that because it was a learning experience for me in the aspect of faith and trusting God. Now we need God 
not just in finances. We need God in our very everyday life. Where we are more than overcomers in the area of sin and, 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 and in the area of discouragement. All those things. We need God. We need faith in God. That God is going to see us through this thing. <clears throat> okay, I need to go on here. <clears throat> But why is it that too many times that that river is not flowing? We're talking about uh, he that believes on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But why is it that so many times that that river is not flowing? Question mark. What is the missing link? Can we find it in the port in this portion of scripture? I would like to suggest to you this morning that that missing link is as the scripture has said. The missing link is. As the scripture has said. Can we look at that together and consider? And see if we can find some answers this morning. That we can find some encouragement. With that in mind, let us go to Romans chapter 6. Can we turn to Romans chapter 6? And I like Romans chapter 6. It's been a... Uh, the book of Romans is, is, is one of my favorite books. And especially Romans 6, 7, and 8. It's just, yeah, there's a lot in here. But here in Romans chapter 6, we have three words that I want us to remember. These three words are know, reckon, and yield. And uh, it was interesting as I was looking into the first one, it's found four times in Romans chapter 6, the word know. The first one is verse 3, know ye not? And then we have the word know in verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 3, verse 6, verse 9, and 16. I almost thought maybe it'll be 3, 6, 9, 12, would it be 3, 6, 9, 12, and 15, but it wasn't that way. <laughs> It, but it's 3, 6, 9, and 16. We have the word no. So what's so important about this word no? Is it important to know something? It is. Yeah, it is. It's important to know. Is it important to know when your birthday was? Is, was? is it important to know that you are born again? That you're a child of God? Yes. It's important to know that. So we have this word know in here, and I don't want to, and, and this is maybe where I, where I uh, almost fainted, because I feel like there's a lot in here. And for me, uh, it's something for you, Larry, someday. <laughs> but I, 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 there's a lot in here, and, and just to be able to expound on this thing, I'd just love to hear a good message on, at least in, in the way I'm looking at it here this morning. That it would just be laid out. But we have this word know, we have this word reckon, and we have this word yield. And all three words are very important. And so just put that in the back of your somewhere. I remember years ago, Brother Mose had a message, and he neither, I don't think either, because if, uh, I don't think he did, from what I remember, he didn't really expound on it, but I caught it. Where he said there's three, these three words in, in Romans chapter 6. Know, reckon, and yield. <clears throat> and I never forgot that. I never forgot that. 
But in my own walk with the Lord, these three words to me are very important. To know, to reckon, and to yield. And so let's just look at the, the, the first one here a little bit. Read the couple verses here. Excuse me. The first one there, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Do you know that? Do you know that this morning? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ, with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that you don't have to be a servant to this sin, this this thing that besets you or whatever it might be. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified. And then we have verse 9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Jesus died once, but he dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Sin does not have to have dominion over you this morning. Just like it says here, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. So we have 9 or 16 yet. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Do you know that? Do you know that this morning? You have a choice. As a Christian, as a child of God, you can choose to yield this hand for good or for evil. You have that choice. You have that choice. We have that choice. Do you know that? And then we have the word reckon. That word is only found once in here. In verse 11. At least from what I, from my study here. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our, our Lord. Reckoning ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Do we know what the word reckon means? What does the word reckon mean? Well, that one there, to me, okay, I just simply went to Hebrews. Maybe we should just turn there. Let's go to Hebrews 11, 19. Hebrews 11, 19. This is talking about uh, Abraham. It says here, Hebrews eleven nineteen, accounting, reckoning, accounting, Abraham, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. <clears throat> so what did Abraham do? He reckoned that God was able to raise up his son. He reckoned on that fact. He reckoned God is a God of resurrection. And, uh, yeah, so we can reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Reckoning ourselves dead. We don't have to, this thing doesn't have to have power or authority or whatever over us. 
We can reckon ourselves, no, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey its lust thereof. We don't have to live in sin. We don't have to let this besetting sin have power over us. And it's in this, it is, it's in this thing of knowing and reckoning and yielding. <clears throat> so this last ver- that word is yield. <clears throat> and we have it three times, or three verses I should say. It's in five times. This word yield <clears throat> and yielding. The first verse is 13. Neither, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And then in verse 16 it says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And then verse 19 I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield ye your members as servants to righteousness unto, unto holiness. This whole aspect of yielding. I don't know, as I was pondering at these three things here, knowing, reckoning, and yielding, and I probably... The last one here is where we hiccup or where we, where we get hung up. We would want God to do it all. In a sense, He does, but this thing needs to happen. This thing of yielding needs to happen. And if we don't yield, God will not work. But if we yield ourselves to Him, all of a sudden the power is there. The grace is there. And that's a choice that each one of us needs to make every day. Whatever we face, whatever comes our way, we have a choice to make to either draw back and say no, or we yield. We, 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 we yield ourselves to it and say, yes, Lord, here I am. Think of Jesus there in Gethsemane where he was before he went to the cross. He said, Father, let this cup pass from me. Father, let this cup pass from me. Is there not another way? Is there not another way? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He yielded himself to the Father's will. So I would take that. And there's times in our lives that are bigger than others. Sometimes it's just little areas in our life. But I want to encourage every one of us, including myself, don't just go for the big ones where you yield yourself. But go for the little ones because there is a bigger one coming and as you have learned to yield in the little areas in your life, it's going to be a lot easier to yield on, the, on those bigger things. And I don't think we're ever going to, it's ever going to end till we get the glory. That's why we need to have faith. That's why our faith needs to be real and live and active. The Christian life is a life of faith. The Christian life, the just, it says in Romans, the just shall live by faith. So remember these three words. 
Know, reckon, and yield. <clears throat> Knowing that my old man is crucified with Christ. I don't have to obey him anymore. By faith, he is crucified. There is a new man now within me. And as I yield to the new man, there is power, there is grace, there is overcoming power, and I don't have to sin anymore. Praise the Lord. Are you struggling with sin, overcoming sin this morning? Don't be discouraged. You don't have to be discouraged, even though you should be sorry for your sin if you're in a besetting sin that you just can't get victory over, and you repent, and you, you ask God to forgive you, and you kind of, you know, this thing of the besetting sin, I get more the picture of First uh, John 1, 9 it, where you confess it, you repent of it, but you end up going into it again, and you, you're just in this cycle. You don't have to live in that cycle. You do not have to live in that cycle. And if there is some here this morning that find you find yourself in that cycle, that cycle can be broken in Jesus' name. And it needs to be broken or you will not have the joy of the Lord. You will not have a testimony that, that you will not, God will not be able to use you the way He would want to because of that. Besetting sin. <clears throat> so these three, these three words, know, reckon, and yield. Keep those in the back of your hat, if you will. And uh, as you're reading, in your Bible reading, in your personal devotions, when you're in this chapter 6 here, you know, it was just, as I read it, when was it yesterday or Friday, I forget, I think it was Friday night, where this thing just became alive again to me. It was just such an encouragement. God's word is true, and we can count on it. And so in light of what I just read, these three things are right in what I read. Knowing, reckoning, and yielding. Knowing that a old man is crucified with Christ, I don't have to obey him anymore. By faith he is crucified. There is a new man now within me. Did you know that? If you're a child of God, there is a new man in you. The old man is crucified. The old man has died. And now there's a new man inside of you. And as you yield to that new man, there is power, there is grace, there is victory, like we said. Okay. Now, there's one more thing here in in Romans chapter 6 that is also another another thing that I want to just look at. It says here in uh, verse 14. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but what? You're under grace. What then shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. And it's interesting to me that chapter 6 starts off, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So somehow some people got this idea that the more they sin, the more grace and power they'll have. That's wrong theology. You need grace. You need the grace of God to overcome sin. But to get the idea that by sinning you'll get more grace is is a wrong concept. Now, there is grace there for those who come and repent. But 
You know what I mean, right? To have the idea that, well, I'll just sin and God's grace will cover and I'll just repent and, you know, we're in this cycle thing. That's not a nice place to live. That's not a nice place to live. What does it say here? You're not under the law, but under grace. Want to get rid of law? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself here. You're not under the law, but you're under grace. And so this whole aspect of under law and under grace has, you know, I have looked into this thing for, uh, I'm 50, I'll soon be, I forget where I'm at, 54, I think. 54 years old. And I gave my heart to the Lord when I was around 20 years old. So I have, what, 34 years almost of walking with the Lord. But this always has been a, you know, to try to find a clear understanding of what is Paul saying here, this whole aspect of being under law versus being under grace. And so you have some people that take this thing of being under law and they say, okay, away with law. No more law. We're under grace. And some say, I have heard a preacher say, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. A person that says, I'm not under law, but I'm under grace, and, living, and is living in sin, he will end up in disgrace. Thinking that somehow by this verse, that that living in sin, that grace will cover it. <clears throat> you're not under the law, but you're under grace. So don't use this thing as a license to sin. It's, it's a beautiful thing here. We're not under the law. And think about the law. What is the law? I'm just going to give my little uh, 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 thing here. And I, I'm glad I have Brendan in our house because I think, ah, this would be a good discussion. <laughs> but uh, so this whole ask, just think about the law. What is the law? The law of God. Let's just go with the Ten Commandments. Do the Ten Commandments, as you read them and as you look at them, and you realize where maybe you fall short. Does that law help you to overcome what it's saying? Will it lift one finger to help you to overcome your sin or your problem? No. <clears throat> that law, the law will not help you. But what people tend to do is they think, well, Paul must be saying we need to get rid of the law. Just get rid of it. And we're under grace and we can just be free. Praise the Lord, we can be free. But not free in sin. Where we are free in Christ, where Jesus truly does set us free from our sin. <clears throat> not sure if I'm clearly saying that. <clears throat> so the law cannot help us. So if you're under law, you see the law, the beautiful law of God, you see it. And there you are. It's just you and the law. I think we have a little time. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> so it's you and the law. So over here we have grace. And... You? Now we have more, but let, let me just look, let me just look, look at this one here. Law. 
under law. You're under law. So you're under this law, right? Well, you probably won't have a smiley face. Uh, maybe we could have more like this. <clears throat> you're under law. You see the law of God, the holy law of God. And you realize that you need to keep it. You realize that you need to do what it says, but you find yourself powerless. And there's a day that, that's in my notes here. I'll, I'll just keep going here. So there's a day that uh, the day star arises in your heart, and all of a sudden you see something over here. You start looking over here, and you see grace, and you see this person smiling, and you see power and glory and all the above. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This person is. Uh, I better draw. Get my picture here. I think I had something else in there to make a point. So here, this person is under law, and he all he has is is. Uh, all he has is sin and failure, we could say. <clears throat> I'm not spelling that right. <clears throat> Let's go with that. You have sin and failure, and over here you have being under grace. The grace of God. Being under this grace. You will not throw the law out, but you will be able to fulfill the law. You'll be able to do what the law says. There will be grace and power there because you're under grace. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if I'm laying that out the way I would like to. <clears throat> Maybe I need to stick with my notes here. You're not under law but under grace. What, uh, some people, what they do with the law, like Cain, they want to get rid of it and bury uh, Abel. Like he buried, uh, got rid of Abel and buried him. Okay? Under law, under grace. And we have this thing in Peter, and I don't think we're going to turn there, uh, uh, about the grace of God coming. The, the prophets, they, they saw what was coming. They saw that this grace was going to come on the people of God. And they were looking forward to that. And we're in that dispensation, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> We're not under law, we're under the grace of God to do the will of God with the power of God with the whatever else you want to put in there. <clears throat> and so what are you? What am I? Am I under law or am I under grace? Not to throw law out, but to be able, like Jesus, like it says in, in Romans 8, 8 my, one of my favorite chapters, or at the beginning here it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. You feel condemned when you sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, again, this law, what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, for sin condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, 
but after the Spirit. So now all of a sudden, I, I think what I should do here is somewhere put law in here. And I don't know where to put it. Somewhere to put law in there. But it's, it's in the right order. And therefore, it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Let's keep going here. Yes, grace. So under law, you have sin and failure. Under grace, if you're under grace, uh, all heaven's resources are on your side. I mean, we have, if we're under the grace of God, all heaven's resources are on, on us. That's something to be excited about. That's something to rejoice about. <clears throat> to live on the law is not living by faith. Did you know that? Living under law. If you're living over here, you're not living by faith. <clears throat> you're looking to yourself. <clears throat> you're not looking to Christ. <clears throat> I have here Romans 8. To live under law. To live under grace is to see by faith the one that will help you fulfill the law. Thank God for His grace. Living under law is a hard place to be. No joy, no peace. Willpower, but failure and defeat. Self wants to, to, to be number one, but knows it shouldn't be. What a terrible way to live. And one day the day, the day dawns and the day star rises in the heart and grace flows. No more under law, but under grace. And God's will is being done in our lives. Let us believe on Him as the Scripture has said. Let us believe on Him as the Scripture has said. He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Those waters flow when we're under the grace of God. When when we're under grace. If we're under law... It will not flow. It will not flow. All of a sudden, it's no more what I can do. All of a sudden, it's no more what I can do, but what He can do through me as I yield to Him. Remember those three? Know, reckon, and yield. All of a sudden, it is no more what I can do. So we look away from ourselves. We look away from what I can do. And we look to the perfect one. We look to the one who can do it through me. And as I yield my members, as I yield myself to him, grace, grace, God's grace, praise God for his grace. There is power. Like I said, there is victory. There is all the above. Not I, but Christ. He is all I need. That song that I checked and I couldn't find it in John D's book, Brandon, can you help me out? Is that song in there? Not I, but no, not not that one. Uh, He is all I need. He is all I need. Wisdom, righteousness, and power, holiness forevermore. He is all I need. I couldn't find it, but I think surely John would have had that one in there. (laughs) It's not in there? Okay. But maybe there's a reason why. I need to ask him. (laughs) But 
Not I, but Christ. He is all I need. Wisdom, righteousness, power, holiness forevermore. He is all I need. When we truly have this thing right in our mind. When we believe the scriptures, like it says in John that we we read. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said. It's not where there is some theology out there that the bottom line is it, it, the enemies of the cross of Christ that somehow it's you know self is still pleased self needs to be crucified <clears throat> not I but Christ he is all I need wisdom righteousness power holiness forevermore he is all I need <clears throat> let us believe on him as the scripture has said and out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water <clears throat> Well, that's my desire for you young people. That's my desire for all of us this morning. So I trust that this word, this, this, uh, what we looked at here this morning can be a blessing, can be an encouragement for you as you go into the week of Bible school. Don't hold back. Uh, don't hold back. Give Put your heart, put your will, put all that you can into it this week. And uh, the teachers and the preachers will, will be glad for it. <clears throat> it's very hard and I appreciate your, uh, what I sense even just here this morning. I see your open faces and you're, you're, you're drinking it in. So if you go to Bible school, you're, you're going to get something. <clears throat> so God bless you. I think I'll leave it at that and turn the time over to Larry. <clears throat> 